0: Loose Change Podcast, episode number 38. We got myself tonight, Lauren, no Jared. Jared was supposed to be on the show tonight. Jared got roped into dinner with what it sounds like his fiance and his girlfriend, which I'm not saying anything negative, but it sounds kind of miserable. I mean, I, this interview sounds much more fun than where Jared is tonight, and I might just be making that up. But the reason this interview is much more enjoyable is because we have a guest from NBC Sports Boston tonight, Evan Drellick, who is currently down at the Winter Meetings. Evan, thank you so much for coming on tonight. I am very happy to have you on.
1: It's a little more fun than standing around in the lobby, doing nothing, watching people walk by, and maybe having a drink. So thanks for having me, guys.
0: Yeah, you know what, too? So that's, that's what social media does, because Twitter, so you're telling me that. You're actually there. Twitter makes it seem like things are on fire down there. Twitter makes it seem like there's just so much going on. And from what it sounds like, that's not the case. No,
1: I, I think it is. You know, J.D. Martinez met with all the teams he was going to meet with today. Ian Kinsler just got moved. It, it, things are happening. It's just from the Red Sox perspective, which, you know, I'm not a national netter, so that's where I get caught up. It's <laughs> I have somebody yesterday. straight It's just... It's like, just what's going? Just like, do I have to be on the lookout here? Just what's going on? Just give me like a general idea. And, and the answer <laughs> is really like nothing. Like, and that doesn't mean that they're not talking, that they're not working, that they're not pushing. And I think that's been a perception problem here, is that people have started to feel like they're just sitting on their hands. They're not. They are working hard. But Dabrowski's alluded to it multiple times. the The market took a while to start up after Otani and Sin, and it. It's not moving, I think, at our usual expected pace for Dombrowski. So everybody's on edge. But I, I just wrote a column saying, have a little bit of patience. You can freak out, you know, in a month or two if if the lineup hasn't been fixed significantly. But for now, it's not like all the big boys are off the board yet.
0: Yeah, and you know what? So that actually kind of leads me to my first question. So you said that uh, J.D. Martinez met with all the teams he was supposed to meet with. One of those being the Red Sox, if I'm correct. Uh, so Alex Spear, he tweeted out earlier, kind of confusing, Dombrowski, quote, to, to date to this hour, Sox haven't met with any free agents. So have they met with J.D. Martinez? And was that after? This tweet was at 4.06 p.m. So was that after, or was this just a bogus tweet?
1: You no, know, Dombrowski said that, and, and I believe him. Uh, it, it would insinuate that the meeting with J.D. and the Red Sox came afterward. Now, what I was... My direct, uh, the information directly provided to me was that all meetings with teams happen today. I cannot say with a hundred percent confidence with information directly provided to me that that encompasses the Red Sox. I do believe it too, based on previous reports, based on logic, based on everything. Um, I think it's a very safe assumption, but it is ultimately an assumption from where I stand at this moment in time. I haven't been told otherwise, and I think I would have been told otherwise, uh, when when given the information about the fact that he had all the meetings today. so I, I believe after sometime after that media session, which was three forty five in the afternoon, uh, they met with J.D Martinez. And uh, also surprised. I mean, just kind of, yeah, you know, either way, we know we know they have interest, right? You don't have to have the face-to-face meeting, but I guess it, it kind of adds a layer of, ooh, this is heating up or something like that.
2: Yeah, it's, it definitely gives it an element of heating up because, as you said, it's been kind of slow for especially for Dombrowski uh, last off season. Obviously, with Chris Sale um, coming over in a trade, so obviously not something us Red Sox fans are really used to. Um, with that being said, I mean, should we expect some kind of move, whether it's trade? I mean, it. I mean, I've read a, a million different things from, you know, they haven't met with free agents and they're not looking to trade somebody. I mean, should we expect? should we expect more of a signing or a trade in your opinion
1: that I haven't met with free agents line, uh, full disclosure. I was not in with Dombrowski today because I somehow woke up with a scratched cornea and I have no idea how I did it. And it's going to sound like I was on some sort of drunken rampage. Um, and I wasn't, I just, I woke up. With the, it's it's, so it's been an interesting day. So I didn't hear it, but the quote that I saw was that's in relation to physically meeting with the player. Which is not common. Like it does happen in a case with J.D. Martinez. Uh, I think they've met with plenty of agents. Uh, so, so I didn't take that to be. It's not the first time I've been asked that today. I, I think they're going through a normal set of, of meeting with people. And um, you know, Debresky did make a comment, even the first day, about more of this stuff now gets done by phone. Which you know, there's probably some element of it, but. It's I don't think that the point is that they're not in communication with free agents as much as they are with teams I think they're just as much in communication with with the free agents as they would be any other year whether that's in person with the actual player or uh, Over the phone. So in terms of the by trade I just don't see how much they have left to trade and if you want power There's power readily available in the free agent market. So you know, I understand the case for Jose Abreu. It doesn't sound like they want to move him. It doesn't sound like the cost would be reasonable for the Red Sox, maybe not for anybody. It just, logically, it, there, there is a good supply of what you need available by free agency. Why not do that and use your prospects for something maybe you can't get in free agency? That, that's how I've been looking at it.
0: All right, so you know what? Before I even get into this next question, I got to tell you, Evan— and I, you know, I, I just thought about this. I this is why you're one of my favorite spo- people, just just media members in Boston. I'm an avid Kirk and Callahan listener on Ei. I'm so sorry. And, and <laughs> <laughs> oh no, believe me, li- listening to Jerry sometimes talk about politics makes me want to run my head through a wall. But it, but it's that it's that show. It just it gets you it gets you going in the morning. It's it's a little better than coffee sometimes because it really gets you jacked up. And, uh, and that's, that's really, I I heard about you from the Herald, but that's really when I I got so impressed because you showed up on that show and then you went to add it with Kirk. And that's when I was like, my God, this guy's got some balls because people don't do that. So I just wanted to tell you, like, that's really when I was like, Evan Evandrelic is one of my favorite media members in the market by far. So thank you.
1: Well, yeah, I appreciate (laughs) that. It's, uh, it'll be the, you know. The, the two-sentence obituary I get, if I ever get one, will will mention that first, and uh, the David Price incident second, so the most famous things I'll ever be attached to are being yelled at and yelling at other people, so uh, not exactly what I um, aspired to when I got into this, but uh, and those guys love to take credit for, uh, for my entire career, which is very kind of them. They're very kind people. Jerry I, I mean, the, the, the truth of the matter with that thing was I just, I had to get that off my chest because I was sick of them berating me and, and, and berating the group of us. So that's all it was.
0: Oh, that, no, it was, it was awesome. I remember that morning and I remember driving into work and being like, this is, this is fire. But kind of going in with the, uh, with you Shaking things up a little bit. Your Alex Cora story last week that broke about uh, him being uh, on the bus, having a little alcohol on his system, having the broadcaster come back there and ask him to turn on music, turned to that big story that you wrote up. And very great story. Love the story. But I was wondering, in your personal opinion, does that worry you about the Red Sox new manager? Do you think that after, after knowing these details – does this change your opinion at all on the Red Sox hire of Alex Cora?
1: I don't think it changes whether or not they should have hired him. I think it's something to watch for. It's not something that matters at the start of spring training or, or anything like that. It's just a question of what's his readiness level and maturity when it comes to conflict resolution and disputes. and you know, It's a leadership role. You're the face of the Boston Red Sox. There were some issues like this last year felt relevant some people felt like it wasn't relevant i think there are a couple things at play there um people look it's a new manager people want to believe in the guy. i think there's good reason to believe in the guy i don't think i don't think the story uh you know in any way completely changes the perception of him but it it did happen and and it was there there's some who want to kind of brush it off as this stuff happens all the time and Uh, The thing that maybe I didn't do a good enough job of, I thought the facts kind of spoke for themselves, but uh, maybe I didn't make clear enough that this wasn't one of your run-of-the-mill quote-unquote boys-will-be-boys situations, which is not a phrase I particularly like, but LeCore himself used it. Uh, And and the reality is he's not a player anymore. He's not a coach anymore. He's a manager. And you can't have that kind of stuff happen. So, yeah, is it a concern? Sure. But it it doesn't... it doesn't change anything. It's, it's just something the Red Sox, you would hope, would have known about. They didn't. And we'll see if if something goes wrong. It, it, you, you have some some background now. Uh, you can say, well, this didn't necessarily come out of the blue. Uh, it, it, it feels relevant to, to intense situations that potentially could come up with a with manager of the team.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we all, you know, we all do things when there's alcohol involved and you know, it it is what it is. I don't really, I'm not too, too concerned about it. Um, Something I am kind of concerned about, and I've talked about it on Red Sox speed a little bit too, is Hanley Ramirez going into next season. Um, You know, first base is kind of open right now. Obviously, I think it's kind of obvious he does want to be the DH and you know, whatever, that's why you brought him in after Ortiz retired. So, kind of what your expectations are of Hanley going into the season. Um, and he had the shoulder surgery and everything. So kind of just what should we really expect from him? Like, is he going to be the player in the, that power bat that, that we so desperately need?
1: Well, there's a belief that core might be able to connect with him because he's always been, I don't even, I don't know what the right word is, is for kind of maybe aloof, maybe goofy, um, Maybe other words apply. <laughs> he, he's an interesting character, you know, and, and, and certainly earlier in his career, you could say his makeup was was an issue. I, I do think he's made an effort to improve, um, but I, I, his reputation in the game is still not as you know this this perfect great teammate clubhouse guy. Uh, and, and Cora might be able to get through to him in a way that other people haven't. Uh, the the guy you saw in the playoffs was the handling you want to see, and Cora was talking about that at the winter meetings that, you know, that, that it is still there, that potential, and that ability. Uh, and it does feel like Hanley turns it on, turns it off. I, I don't want to believe that. I, it, it just feels like a, too convenient of a narrative. You know, there's a day that, that actually, I asked him about his numbers against lefties. And then Ian Brown showed him his numbers against lefties. And he, he says, okay, you see, you, you wait <laughs> and see. And then he goes and hits. I really don't think that conversation is what, it's just, it doesn't, I don't think it works that way, but, the thing I'm uncomfortable with is, is what happens if it doesn't work? What happens if he's hurt? He says his shoulder's fixed. And remember, it was both shoulders last year that were bothering him. And maybe the right one was more so the problem. But it's you know, he's had shoulder problems throughout his career. He's getting older. Uh, yeah, to think that those are totally behind him might be a bit of wishful thinking. And if he's hurt, if he's not hitting, what do they have behind him? If all they do is add one bat, Dabrowski said, he keeps reading, that that he should add two bats, but he doesn't see where that second bat can come in. And, and uh, some degree, I agree with him. It's not like there's this obvious spot, but there is this. It, it's something that you would want to see them somehow plan for or address. You don't. It's not a Pablo situation necessarily, where there's just not anything behind the guy to make you feel comfortable if it doesn't work out. But they were kind of caught with their pants down when it came to Pablo. But, you know, it just wasn't. A real plan B endeavors, you know, fortunately for them worked out eventually and they had bad luck with the injuries. It's just the lineup needs handling and and all all you add to the one piece. I think it's a bit of a concern.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Pablo because I can tell you. I never wanted to believe in a player more than Pablo Sandoval, and it was just like he would just. It was like breaking up with a girlfriend over and over. It would just—he would just disappoint me and disappoint me and disappoint me. <laughs> I thought he changed. He comes back skinny, then you can tell <laughs> in the beginning of the season he's starting to get chubby again. It's one of the most frustrating people I've I've ever watched in my life. But here's a big question I have for you: The Orioles are now shopping Manny Machado. Reportedly, the Red Sox have—it was reported today that they are one of the teams who have made a call about Machado. Do you think the Red Sox stand the tiniest chance to land Manny Machado? And if they do, is it really a smart idea with him being a free agent in 2019?
1: Um, I don't think so. I, I I really just don't believe Angelos, the owner would trade him in the division. It just does not fit everything we know about him, the way he's operated in the past. And, uh, even then, I don't know why Duquette would want to do it even if he had ownership permission. It's just its just a recipe uh, to, to annoy and upset your fan base, particularly if you are insuring with some sort of negotiating window that Machado would be in Boston for the next seven or eight, wh- whatever amount of years it would be. So, yeah, nice idea. I just I fail to believe that the Orioles would really do it. And I, I don't think the Red Sox have the prospect package. Could they could they cobble together enough? Yeah, probably. But do you? I I guess you would do it for Manny Machado. But you know, you got to remember the farm system. It really is on the outs. You'd be giving up great prospects for one year, and uh, you know, sustainability is is a word that gets lost too often in this stuff. It got lost with Stanton. It's been lost at times in Dombrowski's career. Certainly with the Tigers. The roster's already pretty inflexible, and uh, you know, the sins of the past, they're kind of paying for now. They're, they're boxed in a bit, and I just I, I think any any way you, you can go without giving up too much of the farm is good, but obviously Manny Machado is, is a different conversation because he's Manny Machado.
0: Yeah, and it might be a little uh, difficult to build up a relationship with some people who are firing baseballs at your head uh, this season before. <laughs> The most epic Do you have time for one more question? Street. Yeah, sure. Alright, so you tweeted out today that, uh, this is your tweet, Dave Dombrowski, I'm putting together the presentation to I believe it's Shohei Ohtani, if I'm saying that right. Quote, it would be way too much work for, I think, any general manager. In fact, I know there's not a general manager in the game that put that presentation together. So that, to me, is a pretty telling tweet. Do you think that It was more so Dombrowski just not really having interest in uh, the Japanese Babe Ruth, or did he kind of just not want to put in the effort? And I'm not going to lie, I'm a little scarred from Daisuke, so I wasn't really too in on Otani. I'm worried about that biting me in the ass again. But uh, what do you think happened there? Do you think the Red Sox just didn't really have any interest in him, or what's the story? I don't
1: think it—somebody else asked me that today. Uh, I think they did you know is it possible they had a hint that he didn't want to come to the east coast maybe but it doesn't look this is a 200 million dollar player that you're getting for one tenth of the value and Jerry depoto I think the phrase was once in a lifetime it, it, the value here you're getting 200 million dollars in like surplus value it's insane uh, and, and the implication from Dombrowski was that he didn't have time to put together the presentation and whereas there, I, I know for a fact there were, there was Many teams with with the president of baseball operations, GM, whoever the top guy is, and and the underlings as well, were very heavily involved in it because of the opportunity, the dice. It's a lottery ticket, basically. That's what you're dealing with there. Now, maybe they felt like they they weren't going to win that lottery ticket, and they weren't, right? I think we – in no way is this saying that the reason they didn't get this done was because Dave wasn't involved. It's more a question of him reading the field – seeing the importance of the situation and the value in potentially uh, getting involved you know, and, and adding to the manpower. It's, it's not saying delegation's a bad thing. It's a great thing. And everybody's presentation throughout the game was collaborative and a lot of multi-department stuff going on with different teams, video and uh, multimedia and all that type of stuff. And the guys who worked on it with the Red Sox, Albert Baer, Derek Banner, and the, plenty of others, uh, they're, they're great at what they do. It, it's It's not a knock on them. It's more about why wouldn't Dave add his manpower to that? and and the you know maybe maybe he would give a different answer if he could uh, a second time, but it was a it was a strange he volunteered the fact that he did not work directly on it. He simply reviewed it. Um, so it just it's just a question of process uh, to me. You know I, I don't think that's the best way he, he should have approached someone who represented such an ex- extreme value. Uh, for the money right guys worth basically 10 times what you would pay for him uh, that that's worth any GM's time so that, that that's why I wrote it and and it, it, it came off that way to others around the league as well even before I wrote the story there was a sense of uh, starts at the top there's a quote in the story it starts at the top when it comes to a pursuit like this and I, I just don't know if Dave was quite as Maybe hands-on as, as as you would want, but again, I don't think it was a deciding
0: factor. All right, one more quick question before we let you go. Three big free agents: Hosmer, Santana, Martinez. Do the Red Sox land any of them? <laughs> and which ones do you think they land if they land any of them?
1: Yeah, I, I've I've been promising people that on TV, and if they say it on TV, <laughs> <it's better. laughs> I've, I've I really do believe one of is coming. Because the need is so clear for them. They do have the money. They're under the luxury tax. Like, if they can't get one of those guys, if they don't, who the hell is? and what are they doing? And, and you know, the notion that they're going to wait for Harper or Machado, no. I mean, maybe they'll end up getting one next year anyway. But one of those three is going to be here. And it's pretty clear JD is priority number one. And from there, I I would put – I think the upside with Santana is maybe being a little underappreciated. Uh, you know, it's 2016 was, was much better than his 2017. He can be a really, really good hitter. Uh, you know, Hosmer has got the clubhouse aspect and in some respect you're overpaying for the production because of those Boris put at the prestige value. Um, so yeah, one of the three, uh, and in terms of their own rankings, I don't know exactly how you would balance out the extra cost for Hosmer versus, uh, The intangibles that you might not have with Santana, I'm not saying Santana doesn't bring intangibles, but Hosmer certainly has this reputation being above and beyond.
0: Evan, I am praying that you are right. Thank you so much for coming on tonight. Follow him on Twitter at Evan Drellick, and you can also catch him on NBC Sports Boston, and always check out his Twitter because he's always posting great content great articles. Evan, thank you so much for coming on tonight. We really enjoyed it, and we hope to get you back on soon.
1: Anytime. You guys got it.
0: All right. Thanks, Evan. Thanks, Evan. Yeah. Um, yeah, just hit me up if you need me. Of course. All right. Be good. Have a good night. Yeah, you too. Again, Evan Drellick, follow him on Twitter at Evan Drellick and catch him on NBC Sports. You a lot of times appears on Boston Sports tonight. You can also hear him on W.E.E.I. quite often. Again, big Kirk and Callahan guy. Love that show. And I. Evan comes on and let me tell you. Kirk Minahan. I said this last week on the show. One of my favorite, if not my favorite media member, radio personality in Boston. Uh, I think he's much. I think he's. I think he's more entertaining to listen to than than Michael Felger, Personally, that's just my opinion. Because those are obviously the two top dogs right now, no doubt. And people don't argue with Kirk, or at least they don't do it well. I'm telling you guys. I don't know if you heard that interview, and I'm I'm, I'm talking to Pat too here. That's why I said guyses. <laughs> um, that last winter at spring training. Evan Drellick came on to literally defend himself and all Red Sox beat writers uh, with Kirk and Callahan. And he went toe-to-toe with Kirk. And nobody goes toe-to-toe with Kirk. And it was some of the... It lasted... It might have lasted 45 minutes. It was some of the most entertaining radio that I've ever heard. So again, Evan Drelick, follow him on Twitter, at Evan Drellick, NBC Sports Boston, Boston Sports Tonight, Early Edition sometimes, EEI, he's all over the map. Um, but... Let's get into the rest of the show, baby. Thank you, Evan, for coming on. Other news to start off the show with, just quick tidbits that we're not really going to talk about. Gordon Hayward is out of his walking boot as of today and says his first day out feels great. It feels wonderful. And that's big news considering, remember, Kyrie Irving posted a an Instagram around when Gordon Hayward got hurt and wrote 3.23, a.k.a. March 23rd. So let's keep an eye out for oh, March that's their
2: They share a birthday, March 23rd. So. I don't give an
0: ass. I don't I give
2: know. An I know, <laughs> but the calendars.
0: Never forget, Martin. he's coming back. Leangelo and Lamelo Ball each signed a one-year deal in L- Lithuania. Best news of the week. I'm a big ball guy. I hate. I'm not. I'm back on the dislike of Levar Ball, which is tough for me because I've been back and forth. I've loved Levar. I've hated Levar. Right. I'm right now. I'm kind of stuck in the middle. I'm kind of. I'm getting to LeVar out. LaVar's a little much. Uh, he's like your funny drunk uncle. <laughs> you know, when they're just hanging out with you. Like he's fun for a little while, but then you're like, okay, dude, just relax. Uh, Shohai Otani, big news. The Japanese Babe Ruth, who we just kind of talked a little bit with Evan Drellick about, uh, in his physical with the LA Angels, who is the team that he signed with, he chose to sign with, it turns out that he, in his right arm, he's got a sprained UCL. Any more damage results in Tommy John surgery. <laughs> oh, man. And I don't know what the what the substance was, but in Japan they put this fluid in your arm or this uh, this shot in your arm to make it feel better. That's illegal in the MLB. So when they saw that, they were like, "What the hell?" And Otani was just like, "Dude, that's what they do in Japan. I don't know what you want from me."
2: <laughs> I mean, this, these are things they don't really consider when you do these crazy international signings. Like, they're it's so different overseas. What no matter what sport it is, they can shove whatever they want into their bodies in Japan and in any other country they play baseball. You come here, you, you shoot up steroids the and they're like blah. But
0: no, legit. And and I'm not kidding you. Like I, I didn't want Shohai. I'm I'm saying his name. I think it's Shohai on Otani. That's what I would imagine. I did not want him because of Dice K. Like I'm still shook because of Dice K. I do not Dice K in two thousand seven, I saw him throw a complete game. I was there. It was against the Detroit Tigers. I was with my parents. Oh, I was there too. Oh, were you? Yeah, oh, was. I was. Saw, I saw Dice get the complete game, and that was like the last good game he ever threw in Boston. Yeah. And like nope. and that guy pitching with him in MLB the Show or 2K or whatever it was took forever because that little ass wiggle that he did. Oh yeah, the shimmy. Games with games pitching with him in that video game were hours. It was brutal. It uh, was.
2: That was my game.
0: And then some of the other big news on the week. You knew it was happening. The sexual harassment scandals hit the sports world, finally. Uh, One of the world's uh, biggest dirtbags and creeps, Warren Sapp, got hit, which I'm not upset about. Uh, Ike Taylor, Donovan McNabb, Marshall Falk, and Heath Evans have all been accused by a former NFL Network employee. And those who still work at NFL Network, such as Marshall Falk and Heath Evans, both have been suspended. Uh, Warren Sapp does not work there anymore because he got fired for an incident because he's a dirtbag uh, back in Arizona. Uh, and I believe Mike Taylor is still there. Donovan McNabb is over at ESPN. He actually just got released today because of this. So uh, sexual harassment finally hit the sports world. You knew it was coming. Uh, and it's probably not the last domino to fall.
2: No, I will say it's big domino effect now with everything happening and, you know, the politics world. It was only a matter of time before it hit the sports world. But man, okay. I'll tell you, I, I've worked for NFL Network before. I've done work with them for the last five years and, and not, obviously not directly with, with the... Drop, uh, we dropped
0: more m- sexual harassment claims on here?
2: <laughs> no, God, no. That's yeah.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Hashtag that. Twitter. That's going to get people looking. Lauren, breaking news, Lauren says she was sexually harassed.
2: <laughs> so rumors get started. No, I say like...
0: And that's when people stop with- listening to when they start tweeting.
2: <laughs> go on twitter right now no I, I when i when i've worked with them i've met like the, some of the best people i've ever met the most fun people i've ever met and it's just like obviously i didn't work directly with the people who were accused but i've been in on set with them and i'm like this is just it's just weird obviously i'm i'm there you know for pre-game post-game stuff i'm not there for it i'm not in the back with them whatever but i mean damn I just this is, this is why I like sports so much because it stays out of it, and then obviously like the real world comes into it, and I'm just like, nope don't don't want to like don't want to talk about it, but obviously we have to it's a huge
0: thing, but yeah, this year especially with with all the politics with all the kneeling it sucks it sucks oh, yeah. that's what i tried, that's what I tried to explain to like people who don't like sports uh are we who are for the kneeling who are for the yeah they' are weenies who are for the kneeling i tr- I've tried to explain that to some of them like. Listen, like part of the reason I love sports so much is because it gets you away from the rest of the real world. And the fact that this is getting drawn into sports, it sucks. It sucks. I mean, yeah, all these people who committed these crimes of sexual harassment, they deserve to get slammed with whatever charges they get slammed with. I'm also, just like most people, skeptical about the amount of it that's happening because, you know, some of these people could be looking for money. And we don't know if we don't know all five of these people. And truth be told, Warren Sapp is probably the least g- guilty of all this situation, which which is nuts. He gave he gave the girl who's accusing them all uh, vibrators that looked like lipstick. Uh, their story's different. <laughs> it it, it Warren Warren Sapp went on a radio station today and tried to explain himself, which was hilarious because it was like Warren like I don't. It doesn't matter. If, It looks like lipstick. You knew what you were doing. You knew. I wouldn't just go buy a girl that I work with a vibrator. And like, if I did, (laughs) if I did, I would expect to get fired. Like, it would be (laughs) one of those things where I'm doing it and I'm like, okay, I should be fired from this job now. Like, it's that's something I would do to get fired from my job is buy my my co-worker a vibrator. And then it was Ike Taylor, who was sending videos of him masturbating in the shower. And Lauren, you had. Lauren, you have this this issue on Twitter of people sending unsolicited pictures to you. Yes. I cannot stand that there are guys out there who think that women want to see unsolicited dick pics. Uh, I know what a dick looks like. (laughs) Okay? I know what an uncircumcised dick looks like. It doesn't matter if there's a hood on it or not both disgusting <laughs>
2: it's it's awful like i promise that any man listening to this show i promise if we want to see your dangle we will ask we will like we will ask you for it i i can't tell you how many times over the summer i received an unsolicited dick pic and i've called people out on it on twitter i've i will screenshot your profile I'll be like psa this is what this guy does and it's like i'm like no i'm good I don't want to see. It. Oh, I'll just show myself to you. Okay, that that's great. I don't want to see it. Bam! I was like, oh, all right, like, wha- oh, okay. I don't even know how to react to it. Like, I'm just like, that's gross, or I have this fantastic video of my friend Hugo yelling, "Why is it so fucking small?" So I've been sending that to people when that happens, and that <laughs> just gets them going. That's fan- like, I, I I don't even know what we were talking about. Why like why I have it recorded? It's just like some drunken summer night, but. It was great, so I'm very happy I have that. But it's we, dicks are attractive. It, it's that simple. I don't, I don't want a picture of it. I know what it looks like too. Don't need to see it. Don't need a picture of it. It's not going to do anything. Like, oh, cool. Like, it's 11 a.m. and great. That's what I see.
0: Yeah, penises. No matter what, no matter what kind of clothes you put on it, you can't dress up a penis and make it look nice. You can't. Oh. Putting It's it's the classic putting lipstick on a pig situation. No penis <laughs> is going to look nice. And we didn't even really explain what Ike Taylor did. Ike Taylor sent this woman who works on NFL Network a video of him masturbating in the shower. <laughs> Listen, Ike. Listen up, fucking Ike. That's not fucking attractive, okay? Nobody wants to see you. Nobody wants to see you do that. Masturbation, no. especially for men, is a gross, weird thing. <laughs> it's a gross, weird thing. I mean, I, I can't imagine anybody would want to watch that happen.
2: It doesn't turn anybody on. I can't imagine.
0: No. You can't, you can't <laughs> put a top down on a dick and thinks it's gonna look nice. It'd be kind of funny if you did, but again, that's a Louis C.K. situation where you think just whipping out your dick is funny. Listen, Louis, nobody wants to see your dick, dude. Nobody wants to see your dick. But off of the other news topic, we're gonna t- continue talking about Red Sox winter meetings. Um, that the Red Sox winter meetings right now have been nothing less than. Underwhelming
2: That's I felt like
0: at this time At this time last year Or not I mean not at this time but by this time last year I was at my other job Before I have my wonderful job that I have Right now And I got a twitter notification I think it was from Buster only Saying that the red so Hey no I woke up with a notification Saying the Washington Nationals Are the leading uh, bidder to land Chris Sale From the Chicago White Sox and I was like fuck Because as you guys know, both of you know, Chris Sale, before he even came to this team, one of my favorite players in the MLB. (laughs) I was like, fuck, that blows. And then, I'm at work. I get another Twitter notification. The Red Sox signed Chris Sale, and I dropped to the ground. You dropped to your knees. I remember that. I remember that message I landed on my back. I was laying on the floor at work. I could not believe it. And nothing has happened this year. Nothing has happened this year. And you know why the Red Sox have to make a move? And you read my article, Lauren. I sure did. Because one of the worst things in the world. Let me let me walk you through my Saturday night, okay? Or is it Friday? I think it was a Friday night. Friday night. It was Friday so, and Saturday. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. So Friday night. The Giants and the Cardinals already have trades put in. And if I'm not mistaken, the Giants were on Stanton's original list of teams he'd go to, right? That's correct. So Stanton says, yeah, I'll go to the Giants if they make a, an offer for me, right? So the Giants do that. The Giants are like, oh, okay, cool. So they send in an offer to the Marlins. The Marlins, all right, this checks out. Awesome. At this point, I'm like, and the Cardinals also did that, but he was already like, I don't want to go to the Cardinals. At this point, I'm like, okay, John Carlos Stanton's going to stay in the National League. Whatever, not going to really affect the Red Sox too much. Going to be fun watching him swat balls into the bay. <laughs> fun fact, no right-handed hitter has ever hit a ball into the bay. Yeah, really? The First one. Learned that when I went to San Francisco. About two months, they taught me that on the tour. And that big glove they have out there—another fact—that was put out there with the expectation that people are just going to hit the ball into the glove over and over. Nobody's done it. Wow! Put out there with that expectation, and again, Stanton would have been the first one to do that—not even a question of mind. Um. So Friday night rolls around, you get a notification that the Cardinals were notified that they—that Stanton will not come there, and you're like, okay expected that at this point you're like definitely going to the giants then a couple hours go by then you get a notification from bleacher report saying that the giants were notified that they won't be landing stand so that's when you're like what the fuck is going on and it, before i saw any tweets i was like oh these motherfuckers this is gonna happen yeah i go on twitter <laughs> at night probably around 4 30 Maybe, maybe probably six, probably around six. You get a notification, you get to see a tweet. The Yankees are now talking to the Marlins about a Carlos Stanton trade. And no fucking way. No way, whatever, whatever, that can't happen, right? I'm lying to myself at this point. No way that can happen. Then, you keep going into the night. You're getting more. 10 p.m., 10 p.m., there's a tweet out there. The Yankees, or no, Buster Only then says, they're not close on a deal, but there's definitely smoke. You're like, oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> and then 10 PM rolls around, and another tweet comes out. Yankees Marlins deal is close close to done, if not already done. Something along those lines. So yep. it's not it's not sure yet. You never know with the you never know with these offseason trades because hell, we got a freaking notification yesterday that Addison Reed signed a deal with the Phillies. That just didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's that's whatever. So then I go to bed and I, I go to bed around midnight that night and I know. I know. I'm thinking in my head. I'm going to wake up in the morning. Stan's going to be in pinstripes. Mm-hmm. What do you know? You wake up at 10 a.m. I've got a million text messages, a million tweets, a million tweet notifications. John Carlos Stanton is a motherfucking Yankee. And it comes out today. Or no, actually it doesn't. But there's, there was an underground theory that James Stewart of uh, 95 The Sports Hub from Felder and Mass came out with. He says that uh, there's some buzz with his underground sources. And this is only a theory. That the Yankees made this move because they were worried that the Red Sox were going to make that move. That's an underground theory. But I, if they did, if they did... <laughs> you, guys, you guys fucking get it. The Red Sox don't. You understand. You understand. Now I'm fired up. You get it. Red go. Sox are going to get heads out of their asses. Do you know how infuriating it is that about this team? You... This offseason started off with Dombrowski saying that he got the word from Henry. John Henry, the owner, the sackless owner. You got words saying that they don't have to stand to the lug through tax this year. So you know what that means? It means we're supposed to get Stanton. Spend. Spend. And they haven't made a move, and they let the they let a guy who had 59 home runs in Miami get away. You know, you know what he would have done at Fenway? 109. He <laughs> would have hit. He would have hit at least sixty-five, at least. Like realistically, he would have hit that at, at least.
2: And I think you had it in your in your article. It's like the Bronx is a little league park in the majors. So you made some like really cool reference about that. But I was like, yeah, that's exactly it. He's gonna like make these balls look silly. It's gonna drive me absolutely nuts every time he hits a home run. I'm gonna hate it. I'm gonna hate him even more. I I have no reason to cheer for this guy. I, I'm so, like, same thing. Like you took me through the emotions on Friday night into Saturday morning. Perfectly like I woke up around eight at nine ish and same thing text from my brother my friends my one of my good friends Catherine she's unfortunately a Yankees fan and all it said was Giancarlo and I was like nope I'm I'm not doing this like this isn't happening and I just sat there I'm like fucking Jeter man. Like, you had to know this was happening. As, as soon as it was like, oh, the Yankees are in talks, I'm like, that's it. It's done. There's no chance because the Red Sox have their heads in their asses, like you said. They're not going to make a move. And apparently now, you know, it comes out they never did. They never presented an offer or whatever.
0: I meant there's, to ask Evan that. They never made an offer? Are you kidding me?
2: I mean, there's so many stories. And it's just like, he's like, yeah. And now Stanton's like, yeah, I would have considered Boston. I was like, I thought you said you didn't want to come here because it's cold, which makes no sense because then you went to the Yankees. But I think about it like 10 times over we have so much to offer cuz give to the Marlins we should have stan right now he should be in a red Sox uniform next season he should be here on opening day and he's not going to be because the front office are nothing there's just so many words I just i want to say i just there's just so many of them about this front office i hate the front office like they're not going to do anything until this until the front office just goes away
0: I'm done with I'm done with John Henry. I am no. absolutely done with John Henry. And you know what too? At first, I didn't believe this theory because this was going around Boston, but I'm kind of with it. John Henry's selling this team soon. That's a fact. Jeez. He's sell He's selling this team soon. And you know why? He brings on Dave Dombrowski, who's known to sell the farm system and look for the short term and look to win a championship now. He's not signing anybody with giant deals besides David Price. And he and, and they didn't make a move after staying. That tells nope. me that Dombrowski is looking to build a team that's gonna win right now. He wants to keep these, some of these assets, sign free agents, dump money to them, then he's gonna dip. No, good. He's gonna dip.
2: You, sell this team. Sell, sell your stupid paper. Sell this stupid team. Like just sell. Oh my
0: god, sell your paper.
2: <laughs> oh my god, I hate, I hate the Boston Globe. I hate this,
0: I hate this it so much more now. Doing right now. The spotlight oh. they're doing right now?
2: Wait till tomorrow. My brother texts me. He goes, "Oh, it's about you guys. Called the bigot in the stands." I'm, I'm ready. I'm. Oh, Adam be- Jones. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, yeah. So it's th- that whole thing. It's like this whole seven-part series. Oh yeah. Wait. Well, t- wait till tomorrow's, baby. I am. I'm ready. My blood's gonna be boiling.
0: The whole, the, that whole spotlight series has been a joke so far, but. Okay, so the Red Sox, they obviously didn't get Stanton. Uh, the Yankees now are by far the best team, uh, in my opinion, in baseball. They will get a mm-hmm. pitcher. They're going after uh, Mike Fulmer, the ace in Detroit. Uh, and yep. with, with, a, with a top two of Luis Severino and uh, Mike Fulmer in probably a short deal, I'm assuming, with CC Sabathia, the yep. Yankees are going to fucking rule baseball again. They are, yep. they are on track to run the MLB for the next 10 years. That's a fact.
2: And you know what? Good for them because they're doing it right. They did it right. They, they barely gave up anything to get Stanton. And they I, give you up know, <laughs> Oh who boy. Gives a shit? Oh boy. And it's just obviously, you know, people you know have their theories of collusion and you no know, cheater, you know, inside jobs or whatever. Uh, yeah, okay, whatever. It's cheater. Like you had to expect he's gonna. That's that's his team. That's his baby. But we have the assets. We have everything. We have jbj we have devers uh, ben attendee don't touch ben but it's like we don't have a shit ton of prospects left anymore but we have what it takes to get him and i'm just i go through this in my mind every day like there's times i'm sitting at work and i'm like this could have been done we could have done this and i'll go through and i'm like stop you're gonna drive yourself crazy thinking about things that could have done to get stanton here because we could have done that deal 10 times over we got chris sale here you could have got stanton here
0: I'll be sitting at work sometimes, and I'll just be thinking about it. It's quiet in the office. I'm typing something up. that I'll just bah, slam the desk when I think of it. God damn it. Um, yep. Ugh, it's it's infuriating. The Red Sox could have done it, but because they didn't get Stanton, next move, and I wrote this last night, has to be J.D. Martinez. Has to be J.D. Martinez. The guy, biggest issue and member of CLNS and Couch Care Sports, Adam, I tweeted this at me, and he really doesn't want JD Martinez. And you know what, Adam? You can go, uh, you can go suck one. Okay, all right, buddy. No FCC regulations here. I can tell you to do. I can tell you to do a sexual act. All I want. Nobody's gonna censor me, baby. Suck one, baby. JD Martinez is the only move that you can make. He's thirty years old, and that's what scares me about his age. So he's got Scott Boris as a damn agent, and that's horrifying. That's what scares me. <laughs> Scott Boris is like, okay, I know this guy's only worth about one hundred fifty million, but we're gonna start the bidding at five hundred million, and I'm gonna get you down to three hundred million, and that, you're gonna think that's a deal. He's a he's a genius. He's, he's a
2: genius. He's, who,
0: who, who the twenty seventeen
2: CBS Sports. Ver- he screwed over Verita because he said, "Oh, he you get you need to get Jorge Posada money." And so he went out and tried to get Posada money, and he came back to the Red Sox not getting Posada money.
0: Because um, he wasn't Posada. Uh,
2: no, of course not. But he's like, you know, he has screwed over a couple of players, whatever. And I hate no, this no, guy's no, so-
0: I thought he was a cur- I thought he was like Jackie Bradley's, maybe.
2: Is he's he? Hmm.
0: He might be best. He might be I- best, which is horrifying, and that oh. might be that might be another reason why the Red Sox are trying to save some money right now. Because they know bets is going to cost a pretty penny. Rightfully so. So, here's my situation. So, obviously, you think J.D. Martinez, or I think J.D. Martinez needs to come to Boston. But the first base situation is also something that people aren't paying attention to. So, Mitch Moreland's a free agent now. There's nobody at first base. You obviously have my boy Sam Travis in Pawtucket, who, realistically, could take over that role without a question. Without a question. Sam Travis could take over that role. Guy bats with no batting gloves. You know what that means. Big dick.
2: Uh, Xander Bogarts is represented by Boris.
0: Oh, you're right. But Sam Travis, big dick. (laughs) Just like Jorge Posada. But if they sign J.D. Martinez, I don't know if any other free agents in the the picture because that's going to cost a lot of money. But do you do this? Eric Cosmer comes to Boston. Consistent 300 hitter. Hits about 25 bombs a year. I'd say that's about his average. So he's about what you have right now, to be honest with you. Better average. um, It would be a nice little team, but it wouldn't be anything that could be the Yankees. It would be a small ball team. I mean, hell. Eric Cosmer was a part of the Kansas City Royals who came in last place with home runs and then won the World Series. So, like, we know this guy's not filled with power. But 25 home runs, 300 uh, average. He's already expressed interest in coming here. And plus, his girlfriend is freaking Casey McDonald up at... uh, up in Nesson, so of course he would love to come here. But here's my thing. Do you sign Eric Osmer? Give it a year. Not throw away the year because you'd be competitive, but give it a year. And then go balls to the wall. Use your pretty use the money that you just made from signing a new Sam Adams contract and getting rid of Budweiser and getting some good ass beer in that stadium. Take that money. And do you make a full-out charge at Bryce Harper?
2: I was gonna say you're coming at me with Bryce Harper. Uh,
0: and is there, can- I don't even I, to be honest with you, I don't even see him coming here.
2: I don't. I see. Him, I see him going to the Yankees as much as I hate saying that.
0: But I did too, but I, too, but I don't think they're that stupid because they're going to get Machado. They're going to get Machado oh, yeah. next. Season. Oh yeah, and that's why. That's why I don't want Machado. No, because I he's not going to go to New York,
2: and he wants to play shortstop. Like, I...
0: Please, get rid of Xander. I don't care. <laughs> Please, I, I, mean, hate I
2: Yeah, but, I mean, Xander's like... I mean, everyone's saying, you know, he was hurt, we got hit off the hand, whatever, so... I, I, could, mean,
0: I could strike out Xander. You just throw an outside pitch in the dirt, he'll swing at anything.
2: That is true. He needs to... He needs, to, he needs that he's Andrew Benintendi plate patience is what he needs. Um, so does Jackie Brown. Oh, Jackie Brown, a little pitch
0: right down the pipe, go by, and then swing at everything in the dirt. But
2: he's got great defense and good base speed, so...
0: That's he's all got, you need, right? He's not <laughs> even that good on the base paths. I never understood that.
2: No, he. I mean, he's, he's speedy. Yeah, he's he's got good speed, Wait, but, but I, it like
0: he steals a lot.
2: No, he's not. He's not a big giant. He's not stealing like forty bases, fifty bases, no. whatever. I don't know. But to, for for Martinez and Hosmer, it's like. I mean, I know Moreland's out there testing free agency or whatever, and do we bring him back on a one-year deal or do we, you know, do we sign Hosmer? We obviously, my concern with Martinez is we can get Hosmer and Martinez. That's not a problem. Like, we have the means to do that. My issue is, you know, same thing you said, his age and Scott Boris being his agent because the whole seven-year deal, they have to get rid of that. Give him,
0: they're, give they're him asking, five. They're asking price for him right now is a seven-year, $210 million contract, that's, which as you, you would up say is that's $30 time. That is asinine. What he'll probably land with, which I think he deserves, is about 180 mil. Yeah. That's
2: what he... Five years, 180. Five
0: years. Five years,
2: 130. With, like, an option for, like, the sixth year. And give him the incentives. Like, just seven years is such a long time to commit to somebody. Like, like he's not 25. He's not even 28. He's 30. So, obviously... um, 36, 37, That's old in baseball years. So,
0: and for a guy a who gets hurt a lot, he's only going to get hurt more when he gets older.
2: That that's another issue. He's he's injury prone, but you know he does have that power. And at, at this point, obviously Jose Abreu sounds like he's staying put. But I mean, who else? Who else do you go after? I mean, I I would love to see Mitch Moreland back. I thought he was great great fit for this team. I I really enjoyed watching it. That's the thing. That's why I like Hosmer because of his average, but. I mean, you know, Hosmer's a very, very good first baseman. So is Mitch Moreland. There's no doubt about their defense at first base. Absolutely no doubt about that. And I'm just like, I'm so torn because I know we can get both of them. We may get both of them. And like you said, Hosmer wants to come here. I'm all for players who want to come here. I love when players want to play for Boston. It makes me happy. It makes me want to cheer for them. And I, I don't know. Just... I'm so conflicted this off season because I was so set, like, we're going to make a big run in Stanton. Obviously, that didn't happen. And now it's like, who else is out there? You don't have a huge name. J.D. Martinez is obviously a big name, but you don't have that that Stanton figure. Like, when we got sale yeah. last year, we don't have that that fire and that pop. So I'm like, what the hell is Dave going to do? And part of me thinks he's got something so sneaky up his sleeve or it's just going to be like, oh, my God, like, no. Nick Wally's is going to drop to his knees again. And he's just going to like, no one's going to know what to do, but I'll then it's right like, so. Oh, he's not going to do anything. I'm so, I've never been so torn in an offseason before in the last like 10 or 12 years. Um,
0: like, well, here's mm. so here's the thing. If you do sign JD and then you go out and you, I, I think you can get Mitch Moreland back for pretty cheap money. And if oh, you yeah. do bring Mitch Moreland back, or if you start Sam Travis, either or you have your first base, uh, solution. You've got your DH and Hanley, you got to trade Jackie for maybe a bullpen arm uh, and a couple prospects. You got to start. You have to replenish that farm system. You Jackie do. Bradley's Jackie Bradley's worth at least two very good prospects. Mm-hmm. I don't know calling. if he's worth it, but I think the MLB sees him as somebody who's worth that.
2: I think they see him for a lot more than what he's worth. Um, there's a lot of hype around him, which you know he's great in the outfield. I, I'll never take that from him, but he. Know he struggles, he's very streaky at the plate. He's a very streaky player. He's either very, very good, you know, that big 25 game hit streak, and then he's striking out, he's swinging at everything, he's not getting on base. I mean, I've been calling him for to be traded for the last two years, so I'm all for a trade for him. Not that I don't like him, not that I don't enjoy watching him. He's just valuable, and we need to trade him while his value is there before he just bottoms out and he's not worth anything. And we can only get like a bag of balls for
0: him. (laughs) Bag of balls, damn, that would be. That's about what I think he's worth. All right, um, moving on. Man, this, is, this has been a good show. I'm very happy with this show. Uh, go screw Jared. Uh, Patriots this week lost in Miami. Uh, lost to smoking Jay Cutler, who Oof. decided... Jay Cutler, for the first time in probably about six years, was like, you know what, I'm going to play football today. I'm going to try to play really hard. Uh, like, like, the guy was actually angry when he missed a pass. That's not Jay Cutler. What, who is this guy who showed up this week, this Monday night? They, the the Dolphins pantsed, absolutely pantsed the uh, the Patriots. Jay Cutler went 25 for 38, 263 yards, three touchdowns and no interceptions. Kenyon Drake ran all over him. My God, the Patriots couldn't stop anything from Kenyon nope. Drake. Kenyon Drake might have popped Patrick Chung's ACL. And he might not even know it. He, that spin move he had on Chung in the backfield that was embarrassing for Patrick Chung. 25 carries, 114 yards, 4.6 yard average for Kenyon Drake, plus receiving terrible. 79 yards. Terrible. They, terrible. On
2: the Patriots side, terrible.
0: Yeah, average, average when they threw to Kenyon Drake for that night was 15.8 yards oh
2: my per God. catch. Average. My ears are bleeding. My ears are bleeding.
0: But now, let's see this. We all knew there was at least one game at the end of the season that the Patriots are going to lose that they should Oh yeah. Lose. I'm hoping this was it. Tom Brady's 7 and 9 now total in Miami. He's not good in Miami at all. Monday night football, I believe the Patriots might right now in the past 3 games might be one and two. They for whatever reason Monday night kills them. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, I'm not worried about Sunday. I think the Patriots win Sunday. I think they win out. I think they take the one seed and the bye.
2: Oh yeah, I'm not everyone is like really worried about the Steelers. And yes, they're they're a good team. But I mean, now the Patriots lost, they're angry, Tom Brady's pissed, and they're hungry for that win, and they know what's on the line against the Steelers. Obviously Mike Tomlin knows what's on the line against the Steelers but the Patriots. He's been talking about it for weeks. So I'm not I'm not worried. I mean I like you said there's that one game the Patriots always lose where it's like, okay, whatever, and I swear that's when everyone comes out of the woodwork to, you know, trash talk Brady and the Patriots and how much we suck. And it's just like, okay, we'll see you in the Super Bowl. I'm not even worried about it. Um
0: You know, and too without without I'll be honest with you. If Joe Hayden wasn't hurt, who's a very underrated cornerback, he's a great cornerback. If Joe Hayden wasn't hurt, and if Ryan Shazier Um didn't get hurt and like and, and you know, I really I pray that Ryan Shazier gets better. That was one of the that was a very scary injury to watch live. I watched oh, that yeah. live. I, I couldn't believe it. You could see this you could see the the the, the terrifying look on his face when he flipped over and it's legs. Like, oh so, yeah. But he's he's doing better, which is good. But because those two aren't there, to I, this is going to be a high scoring game. This is going to be this. This has the potential. I'm not even kidding you to be about 42-38. Like this is going to be a shootout.
2: Oh, it's going to be a great game. It's going to be
0: fantastic. which I can't have because I'm in the fantasy playoffs and I'm facing Brady this week.
2: Oh, who's your quarterback?
0: Uh, it was Carson Wentz.
2: Oh, I'm so sorry.
0: You know, you know who is my you know who is my goddamn running back too this year?
2: Uh, Julian Edelman.
0: Ezekiel Elliott.
2: Oh, oh, no.
0: So you know who oh. I don't have? My starting quarterback and my starting running back. Although I still have Le'Veon Bell. So I'm conflicted this week. I wanna oh, no. run Right, the Patriots. Just like last week, I was playing against the Patriots defense, so when Miami would score, I'd be like,
1: Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah. But, <no. laughs> but Fan- fantasy, man, fantasy,
0: man. Oh god, it's the worst. And I've got I've got money tonight. Um, on the Milwaukee Bucks game. Um, I'm falling back into my sports gambling, and man, am I man am I mad about it. <laughs> oh,
2: boy. Oh, boy, Nick.
0: Um, but anyway, so yeah, the Patriots defense, I'm not worried about it that much. It was just one of those games where... that. Remember, this is the first game where the Patriots have let up over 17 points in, since week four. So their defense has been playing great. And realistically... Kyle Van Noy will be back this week, and from what I hear, Kyle Van Noy could have played this week. And I last year I would have never thought I'd say this—he's one of the most pivotal pieces to your defense right now.
2: Yeah, and it's shown.
0: And Ray Flowers also same thing could have played this week, but they decided to rest him up.
2: You know what? Good rest your players for for the Steelers game. Then we're gonna have Gronk back, fresh off his one game suspension for being a meathead. But uh, th- this team is—it's you can talk about Brady being missing practice, being banged up, But, you know. Chris Hogan not being 100 percent, whatever. This team is angry, and when this team is angry, they play so much better. And it's late in the season. Like I said, they know what's on the line. They can tell you a million times over they don't care about the one C, they don't care about the bye bullshit. It's it's on your mind. So they're ready, and I'm never concerned about the Steelers ever. I just not. I mean, Big Ben. He's he's getting up there with you know. I know he's not as old as Brady, but he's he plays like he's a lot older than Brady, and I just. They're just not a team I feel threatened by. I I just don't. I can't bring myself to sit here and be like, oh, man,
0: I'm so worried. And, you know, it's probably because of the history. Because, you know, the, the Patriots, they... The, Tom Brady owns the Steelers. He owns Pittsburgh. And I don't know the record off the top of my head. I should have looked that up before the show started. But Tom Brady owns Pittsburgh. And not only does Tom Brady own Pittsburgh, he owns the city. He plays better when he's in Pittsburgh when, than when he plays them at home. So... That's another key thing as to why I think the Patriots are going to roll over Pittsburgh this weekend, which probably means I'm going to lose my fantasy matchup, but I'll, I'll sacrifice that for the season. I've, I came in first two years ago. I came in second last year. I got to let other people start to win. It's, it's my big money league. It's, we each put 125 bucks in, but Hey, I'll sacrifice for my, I'll sacrifice for my buddies. Ooh, we, Yes, that was our producer, Patrick. I was waiting <laughs> for him to say something. Fantastic. Yes. Fantastic. There he he's is. He's just, just like the guy behind the glass. I, You know, I want to have Patrick back, too. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We could keep rolling with this every week and put Jared. So Jared so Jared doesn't feel like he's got too much work to do. I don't want Jared to feel like he's got too much work going on. He, you know, the guy's he's a busy man. And Patrick, Patrick knows his stuff. I don't know, Lauren, I don't know if you know this, but the secret behind our recent Twitter success, it's that guy.
2: Hey, that's fantastic. Right
0: we need to keep rolling and we need to keep grinding. Patriots Steelers this weekend. Uh Gronk's back fully healthy. What do you think, Lauren, who wins?
2: Patriots without a doubt. Like I said, I'm not It's going to be a high-scoring game. I fully believe that. It's going to be a physical game. Um it's and they're both they're both good teams. And there's no doubt about that. And I love a good Patriots-Steelers matchup. My dad is from Pittsburgh so we got a little family rivalry going on whenever they play one another. So that's a lot of fun. Tell your
0: dad Nick said eat it. Sincerely.
2: Eat it Terrence. Your
0: dad's name is Terrence?
2: It is Terrence. (laughs) (laughs) Alright. That is is my dad's name. Um, I'm going Patriots. I'm going. It's going to be like uh, I'm saying like 35 28 i'm not going as high as you but i'm saying like 35 28 patriots i need to remember i said that because i need to write my preview for this week too
0: i'm, I'm actually going patriots 42 38 that's a legit i like it that's a legit prediction 42 i 38 do like
2: patriots. that i i i'm not opposed to it i love me a high scoring game
0: all right anything else lauren we done here That was a long show it
2: was a long Good. show i i don't think i have anything else except dave dombrowski if you're listening please make a fucking move because i am dying without baseball i'm a dying dave. without a good red sox baseball move
0: oh but i gotta tell you this is one of my favorite parts of the year i love the mlb hot stove i love the winter meetings
2: i love the rumors i love like the the deals that fall through i do love it because it gets my heart racing and i'm like yes 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 and i was like oh no but please red sox make a move i'm dying
0: I'm all gassed up about it. All right, Couch Guy Sports Loose Change Podcast, episode number 38. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on SoundCloud. Rate and subscribe on iTunes, baby. Great show, Lauren, Thank you for coming on. You're obviously going to be back on again, uh, probably the next show if you can. Uh, Yeah, Patrick, first time producing our show. Wonderful job. I love the little tippets. That's what. That's what. If you next time you come on. You're a fact check guy. You just got to keep, you got to punch it in. You got to check it out. All right. Couch Guys Sports, Lose Change Podcast, episode number 38 in the books. Thank you for listening, guys. Have a good night. And Share this on Facebook and retweet on Twitter.